You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. I tie every night while I'm putting my kid to sleep, and yeah, so I'm, I stay stocked up. <laughs> I what is what does fly tying bring to your world? Oh, I love fly tying. You know, it's there's nothing like catching a catching a fish on something you tied. You know, you brought it full circle. Mm-hmm. Started it, ended it. You know, caught the fish. You tricked it. You know, that's that's part of the the battle and part of the 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 toughness of this of fly fishing is getting yourself out there and knowing what's out there, finding the right place to catch the fish, knowing what they're eating on. I mean, there's so many variables that, you know, it's just, it's just constantly changing. Sometimes you're just hoping for the best. <laughs> How many hours a week are you working right now between? I just, I have a funny feeling that you're working a long, long day. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, I think I do. I, I can... Yeah. So generally the car business, I mean, we work a lot anyways. Um, it's, I'm working weekends too. And, you know, I got one or two days off typically, you know, and I, I wake up, I got kind of a routine. So I wake up every day, um, at 4:45. I do with my Google, my Facebook, um, everything as far as marketing goes i I talk to people i I talk to people throughout the day but um i I try to handle everything most of the stuff in the morning um then i go to the gym kind of stay healthy there then um, i wake up i have a kind of a split schedule so it rotates and uh i fish whenever i have the late shift (laughs) so if i start at 10 i will go in right before 10 hour hour and a half whenever i can get it in it's my day off typically my days off are not on weekends so they're on the weekday so that's that's the one good thing i can fish when everybody's not on the river and uh you know i i whenever i'm not working i'm fishing pretty much welcome to the fly fishing 97 podcast featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry we focus on guides conservation resort managers gear and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by the fly crate the flycrate.com is your source for all things fly fishing The Fly Crate offers a monthly fly club. We select patterns every month for your home waters. With membership, you'll receive flies created to match the hatch in your area, along with the Fly Crate's guide magazine, the convenience of having flies delivered right to your door, some sweet stickers. Discover new patterns and start stocking your fly boxes now. Theflycrate.com Here's your host, Mark Hopley. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really happy you chose to join us this time around, and we are going to head out to Nevada. We're going to go to Sparks, Nevada tonight. We've got Tony Sailing on the line from the Outlaw Rod Company. Some beautiful rods uh, really got my attention recently, and, and I thought we better get Tony on the show and find out what he's up to. Tony, thanks so much for taking the time tonight. Thanks for having me on, Mark. I appreciate it. So before we get into your rod company, I know that is your passion, and and um, I always like to start the show off kind of a look in, into your fly fishing history, if you will. How did you come to discover fly fishing? Walk us through that journey. Kind of where did it start for you? Where did you kind of get that fire lit? Sure, sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit younger. I'm 34. You know, I started fishing 
when I was probably seven, but I, I started fly fishing when I was about 10. And, uh, you know, I remember I was with me and my family, we've always been into camping and outdoors and stuff like that. And, and, uh, I remember my dad took me fishing and we were, and it was bobber fishing with a worm on it. And, uh, I didn't really like putting the worm on it. I didn't really like the bobber thing. I remember sitting there and I was watching the bobber and thinking, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just boring. And I was looking around, I was throwing rocks and just thinking, wow, there's gotta be something different. And, uh, you know, I kind of looked over yonder there and about 30 feet down, there's a guy catching all the fish and he's fly fishing. <laughs> and, uh, I, I thought, what the heck is he doing that we're not? And, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, at least if you're not catching something, you're flipping the line around and you're doing something instead of looking at that bobber, hoping and praying something's going to take you, you know? Where, so, where, um, where did you grow up? I, I'm born and raised in Reno. Okay. So we were kind of, um, bottom of the Sierra foothills and we had a lot of, we always went up into the mountains. Um, we're kind of right in between California and Nevada and there's a lot of, a lot of hills in between, a lot of, a lot of rivers and, and lakes and all sorts of stuff around us. Yeah. You got some amazing blue ribbon waters near you. That's great. Um, why don't you walk us down kind of who you learned from? So I'm, I'm always curious, you know, kind of got your attention. You mentioned back, back then, but then who would you say that you kind of learned the craft from? It, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, sometimes it's somebody on YouTube or, uh, it could be your good buddy or father or whatever. Uh, who did you learn from? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, I gotta say when I, when I first got into this fly fishing thing, I, I was, when I was sitting on the lake and I was watching the bobber and thought, I want to do that fly fishing thing. I, I asked my mom, I was like, can I get a book? And she, on fly fishing, and she was like, what? <laughs> and of course, I don't ever ask for a book. So of course she was like, yeah, you know, so she got me the, she got me the book and she got me a cheap old, cheap old Debo Shakespeare rod. And that was my first rod ever. And, you know, I, I took off from there and then, you know, we kind of, we were all kind of spin fishers at first and then I wanted to do this. So, you know, my dad and my mom, we all kind of, we all kind of, we, we got into it and there's a, there's a, there's a group here. I don't know if I'm okay to say it, but it's called the Truckee River Fly Fishers here in town. And, oh, yeah. and one of one of the main rivers going through town is the Truckee River. So of course there's going to be a, a group that goes in. And you know they, I probably learned ninety, well eighty percent of the stuff that I've learned in this, you know, fly fishing from them. You know they have these weekly meetings and we have these like groups to go out. And, you know, you, they make these like monthly trips out to a certain place and location, and then we'd all go fishing together. And, you know, you know that I was like the one of the few kids that was there, so you know they all kind of gathered around me and yeah, and uh, kind of helped me catch fish. You know, at that point, and you know, it was on, on from there. I've had a pretty good mentor lately. I kind of got into Euro fishing, but, and I have another guy named Jim Mitchell that's really been helping me out on that, but. Um, Cool. I'd have to say Truckee River Fly Fishers helped me out the most and my parents. Are you still part of that group, that Truckee River Fly Fishers, or is that just something you kind of uh, moved away from? You know, not too much. Um, you know, I got with work and all this stuff, I haven't been able to go there. I did go at the beginning of the year just to kind of say hi. It's all kind of new guys, and I haven't really been around too much, but it's they're still going, you know. Yeah. It is a good, good group, yeah. Well, kind of cool. It's funny because I have never fished that river, but 
I don't know how many podcasts I listen to on that river. I almost feel like I know it, even though I've never been there. But uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. There's there's a lot there's a lot of information out there on the Truckee River for sure. Um, why don't yeah. you? What do you do for a day job besides all this rod building and, and manufacturing? What what are you doing uh, nine to five? So I got the rods. I, besides that, you know, I am a used car salesman. Okay, cool. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I kind of got odd days off. I go fishing whenever I have a day off. You know, my I got a family. My kids love fishing. I got, but um, it, my dad actually owns a used car business, so I'm I sell uh, sell cars. Well, let's give it a plug. Let, let, my let's, business. let's plug the dealers. Diamond Motors, Diamond Motors, and Bond in, in uh, Sparks, Nevada. Perfect. What's what's the best used car you like to sell? If you if you were looking for a used car, what's the best? I would get it. I would get a Toyota all day. We have the least amount of problems with those. They own good cars. Yeah. I got a Tacoma. I, I I feel that. Yeah. Um. They're impossible to get. They're they're good cars. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about your journey starting this business. So here you are. You're working your butt off. I assume at the dealership, and one day you just say to yourself, "Hey, I, I'm going to start a rod company." Walk us through that. How did how did that come to be? Yeah, you know I. I love fly fishing. This is, I love fly fishing. You know, this is my everything, you know, I don't, I don't get too into sports. I don't get too into much other stuff, you know, but I love fly fishing. I love, the only other thing I like to do is I go to the gym Monday through Friday. That's about it. But, um, you know, I love to fly fish and I love, love the rods i love everything about it you know and i've really been getting into like this zero fishing lately and, and it's fun you know i'm i'm getting to where i can catch fish on a regular basis so it's kind of nice <laughs> well, i was looking but, at um, your rod selection it makes sense you're doing the euro nymphing thing now with those i you had a couple of 10 foot like a three weight and a four weight 10 foot that's right up yeah yeah i kind of that was that was a little bit for me i started with a six you know i, I started at the beginning of the year so i'm a somewhat new company and I probably picked the worst time of the year to start right with COVID and everything, but, um, you know, I, it is what it is. I started with two rods. I started with a six weight and an eight weight. I thought those might be some of the more popular ones. I probably should have started with five weight, but that's okay. Um, I started with a six weight and eight weight, and then I got a, um, uh, three weight, 10 foot, uh, four weight, 10 foot. Those are my two euro rods. And now I got a five weight nine foot um i do got a two-handed rod that i'll be done with soon and also a little or, or a smaller uh creek rod probably a three weight seven foot six inch somewhere around there but um should be done pretty soon here and you know i just i, I put everything i i know about a good rod into these rods and you know i just i haven't had you know i haven't had any bad reviews yet or anybody complaining i mean i'd give them back their money if they did but um well you I, know, it's it's kind of nice Tony, I looked at, uh, I had a good look at your website, obviously, before we hopped on this call and had a look through your rods. And I can tell there's some, there's some craftsmanship involved for sure. But walk us through, I know the wanted edition of the outlaw rods, that uh, the fly rods specifically. Um, walk us through that. Like walk us through, you know, the real seat process, the blank process. Um, talk to me about the components in these rods. You know, they are, they're all quality components. Um, you know, they're burl wood. They're all type three aluminum. Um, they're all quality parts that go into these things. I have, um, 
I did put a little bit different. It's a little bit different. So I put, um, so the, in the process of making these rods, there is, um, so there's, there's filler that goes into them. And I, I use a little bit different filler in the bottom part, and a little bit filler in the top part. So the, the modulus of the rod is a little bit different than, than other rods. And I mean, there's subtle differences. I mean, it's really tough to tell the difference between, between a rod, but you can tell the difference between the cheap rod and, my, and a good rod. And, you know, I, I'm just trying to differentiate myself a little bit from the other rod makers out there and stuff like that. It's hard. This is a tough business to get into. Um, I had no clue that it was going to be kind of this stuff. And yeah, I've yeah. had more problems with advertising than I have the <laughs> well, you know rods and stuff like that. It's definitely a crowded spot. But the one thing that I, I always think there's room for the price point that you're in with the warranty that you have is in my mind, that's a big sweet spot in the market. You know, I think so too. You know, I don't want to sell crappy stuff and have people mad at me. So you know what I'm saying. I I, I guarantee these rods. You know, I, I I stand behind them. They're they're good rods. You know, I even have a money back guarantee. If you don't like the rod, send it back. Just message me and we'll give you your money back. You know. Right. So you know, and I've I've sold quite a bit of rods so far, and I haven't had. I mean, I've had one warranty, and that was a broken tip, and it had nothing to do with yeah the yeah. process of my rod you know that's that's gonna happen 100 percent. but um what kind it of what is, is <laughs> let's talk about the price point of your rods um how much are they so they start at 224.99 and they go up to 289.99 and i will have a like a switch rod coming out pretty soon yeah that's what that one's gonna be a little bit more i haven't fully decided on that price point yet but it is a little bit more expensive to make so it's probably gonna be a little bit more but um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you should be charging arm and leg for these things. You'd be surprised the markup that some of these bigger companies have. It's, it's outrageous, you know? So one, one thing I'm curious about, them. like, talk to me about the action of these blanks. Are they uh, a medium action? Are they a fast action rod? Where would they fall on that spectrum? So it's medium fast. Um, it's more, a little bit more towards the fast side. It's not quite as stiff as a lot of these other rods it's got i i would have to say the tip section's a little bit it's it's got a little bit different feel so the tip section i think is a little bit softer than some of the other companies i i have a couple i don't know am i okay to throw other yeah you can you can say whatever you want man nothing's offside okay so you i got a couple 800 plus dollar rods at my house you know yeah. they're they're almost identical you know you can't tell the difference and they're charging 800 something bucks you know a rod and you know i don't think it's hard to see where the money's going in that you know what i'm saying i mean i got all the same i got burl wood this is all quality burl wood i got all type type 3 aluminum just like them i don't know exactly what their rod process is i'd, I'd have to be there but um you know, there, there's some differences between us for sure, but you know, it's, it's tough to tell the difference between that. Other than the grips, they do have a, uh, a site slightly thinner grip. I, and I, I did that on purpose. I like a kind of a bigger grip on my, yeah. on the cork. So let's continue talking about the rods for a bit, if you don't mind. So, um, I, you know, I went on your website and noticed you've got these, uh, you've got a, the majority of the rods that you have in the wanted edition seem to be in the nine foot range other than the uh, two euro rods. But so talk to me about the weights you've got. Um, 
I'm sure a nine foot five weight's kind of the go to for a lot of folks. It seems like it. Yeah, that's that would be my most requested one. And you know, I started with a nine foot six weight because that's kind of what I like. You know, as a but you know, most people are looking for the nine foot six weight. I do got an eight foot, uh, or I'm sorry, an eight weight nine foot, and kind of the 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 rivers and and lakes that I got around here is I got the Truckee River. I got a lot of the I got a lot of streams and stuff like that around up in the Sierras and stuff like that. But I also got um, a lot of lakes too. Like one of my favorite lakes to fish around here is Pyramid Lake. Oh, and uh, yeah, I'm sure everybody's heard. A lot of people have heard, not everybody, but they got big fish and, and you kind of got to cast it out there to get past that shelf. And, you know, you need a seven or an eight weight. So and my preference is an eight weight with a big old sinking tip or a shooting hip. And yeah. uh, that seems to get it done. So, so, so you're fishing the, the nine foot eight weight on pyramid mostly. That well, yeah, yep, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I'm fishing with a shooting head on it, and yeah, I was just there the other week. Uh, you got me thinking. Yeah, of the, so that's kind of. I'm thinking euro, like the euro rods. In my mind, there's got to be a still water application for that because where I'm at, there's a lot of it's similar style of fishing to pyramid lake. You might be fishing under an indicator. Um, you know, with chironomids or whatnot, but I'm thinking you mentioned there's a slightly softer tip. And I know that anytime you got a 10 foot rod with a slightly softer tip, you're kind of talking still water chironomid language for sure. Yeah, definitely. And you know, it's a, I haven't tried to be honest with you. I mean, it's, uh, this Euro nymph and I just kind of started doing this kind of the beginning of the year, late last year. And, um, I've always been the kind of, indicator with the with the nymph underneath it kind of a guy and you know i just my buddy showed me this and it's it's crazy how much more fish fish you catch yeah and uh i haven't tried to drive i haven't tried to dry flies on it or anything like that um or casting it really i mean the euro you're just kind of right out in front of you making a little tiny cast but yeah, yeah you know i'm sure there's got to be something you can i'm sure i'm sure it'll cast maybe i'll give that a try next time i'm out we're chatting tonight with Tony Sailing. Now, Tony is out of Sparks, Nevada. He owns Outlaw Rod Company. Got some good-looking fly rods, reasonably priced, great warranty. Um, we'll get back to that in a moment. I want to take a few minutes to get to know you in and around uh, your hometown. You ready for a few uh, random questions, Tony? Sure. Sure. Uh, are you a big music guy? Let's talk tunes. So if you're uh, driving to the Truckee or you're headed to your favorite uh, stretch of water, what do you got on the stereo? I love music. I'm I'm listening to, uh, you know, I, I like country. I, I like some other stuff back in the day, but I like Whiskey Myers and Hank Williams Jr. and stuff like that. Um, I'll listen while I'm fishing. I don't mind. Sometimes I'll bring my earphones with me and throw those in there and just, just fish and relax and you know, that's, I like doing that. It always amazes me how that divides the crowd because some, some, some people love it and some people don't. If I'm on my own, I actually don't mind doing that once in a while. If there's no one around, just put some music on, kind of quiet, just kind of chill out. But, um, yeah, no, I, I feel what you're saying for sure. Talk to me about one go-to fly pattern that you can't live without. So say you're on the truckie and you're reaching in that fly box. Uh, I assume it's uh, probably a, a nymph with that Euro stick. What pattern, more often than not, are you reaching for? Frenchy, for sure. It's just like a little pheasant tail. Yeah. 
Yeah, na- I, the, natural. Yeah. Like pheasant. before the Euro, it was the French. It was yeah. the uh, yeah, pheasant tail. Yeah, good stuff. I know you alluded to you might not be a big sports guy, other than spending a lot of time in the gym. But who's your go-to in the world of sports if you're looking for a fix off the water? Um, who do you follow? Boy, yeah, I don't. I you know, I I don't want to lie to you. I don't don't watch a whole lot of it. If I had to pick some, just because my my I think my family likes them. You know, probably uh, San Francisco Forty yep. ers I mean, something like that. Don't watch a whole lot of it. Football, but yep. don't watch a whole lot of baseball, so probably the San Francisco. Yeah, 49ers, right on. I thought you might say UNLV or be a bit of a college guy for some reason, but um, yeah. let's let's get back to the water. Biggest lesson that you've learned in your fly fishing journey so far, Tony. So if you had to distill down a single takeaway, okay, this is what I get out of fly fishing. Could you do that? Absolutely. You know, it's, it always changes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I shouldn't be too, too, too set on what I'm going to put on there. The the fish move, the food moves. I mean, everything's always changed. That's kind of what I love about this thing. You know, it's always a challenge. It's not just going out and throwing the same pattern on there all the time. You know, it's, it's getting out there. Sometimes the fish are in different water columns. Sometimes they're in different areas. Sometimes they're eating different stuff. You know, that's, it's, it's, a it's tough. It's not, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's easy. Sometimes I got 30 fish a day. Sometimes I got zero. Like I've been the last two times I've gone out, but I'm still going to keep going. It's a well put nothing about what we do is static. It's just always changing. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Talk to me about your favorite place to talk fly fishing. So is there a fly shop in your neighborhood? Is there a, you know, a coffee shop, a watering hole, somewhere you go to get your fix on fishing when you're not fishing? You know, there's not a whole lot. We do have a place called the Reno Fly Shop. They are a great place. I used to get all my fly time patterns. Yeah. Um, I used to get all of my stuff there. I haven't been there for a while. I've been kind of going a lot of, a lot of stuff off the internet lately, to be honest with you, but, um, they're good people down there. They know what they're talking about. They do do a, uh, Trucky River report and they kind of go over some of the areas. So that's kind of the go-to place around here. Um, I'd have to say that that would be the one if I were to go anywhere. I typically, I just hang out with some of my buddies. We kind of go by ourselves. Yeah. My buddy, Jamie, the one that kind of taught me about that's who I've been going with lately. He's, uh, he's pretty knowledgeable in it. I used to have an older grumpy guy, but he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't let him hear that. Or does he know he's grumpy? I, well, I'll tell, it's okay. I'll tell him to his face. <laughs> I used to listen to the uh, Reno Fly Shop podcast all the time. So, yeah, those guys are pretty dialed in. And I always love hearing the Pyramid Lake stories and the Truckee River stories. And, yeah, you guys are uh, you're in the heart of it right there for sure. When you're not fly fishing, you're usually doing what? Fill in the blank for me. Oh, lately working. <laughs> yeah. Um, they've been doing a lot of that lately. But, How, um, how's business in the day job? Is it, I mean, sales good right now in the, uh, in the car and truck world or what's happening out there? Is it a little you know, it's slowed down, especially with this COVID thing. Governor kind of shut stuff down a little bit and, you know, kind of made people a little timid to come out, I think. So, hmm. I mean, we're doing everything we can, washing hands and wearing the mask and all that stuff, but. Yeah, it's a little, little tough right now, you know. Yeah, it's no. definitely uh, slowed down. And I got my family, you know, I got 
wife and three kids. So, you yeah. know, when I'm not working, I'm here hanging out with them. And, you know, my, my kid loves fishing too. My two older ones are kind of into it, but the, the youngest one, the seven year old, he can't get enough of it. When we're not, when we're not fishing, we're playing the fishing game here. He cut out a bunch of pieces of paper and we got to act like we're catching fish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he can't get enough of it. He loves fish. That's cool. Best job you've ever had. Are you doing it now and, you know, your day job and the rod company or is it maybe something you've done in the past? I would have to say, yeah, I like my job now and in the past, but, you know, back when I was, uh, my best job was probably Mount Rose Ski Resort. I had no responsibilities. I, you know, I was, all I would do is ski and party and that's it. <laughs> so I was kind of, that was probably my best job to be honest with you. you yeah. know? And I, I do like this job now. I love people. I love talking to people and stuff, but so, yeah, so, I had zero responsibilities. All I did was ski and party. That was it. That sounds all right. So since you started Outlaw Rod Company, what's been uh, the the biggest takeaway entering the rod market as a as a newer company? I always like chatting with people when it's still fresh because you know, ten years from now you won't even take my call. You know, you'll be this highfalutin guy in uh, in the rod world. So anytime, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, biggest takeaway is it's it's just you know it's not easy. You know, I've had you know, everything's a learning experience. You know, I've had a lot of setbacks. I've had a lot of victories, you know, it's, it's not so easy. It's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. You know, I took, took a couple marketing courses. So basically this is me doing all, I'm doing most of this and my wife's helping me with the uh, shipping and she helps out too. And, you know, it's, it's tough. You know, I've had a lot of setbacks, but a lot of victories and I think uh, now that I've been open so long, I'm kind of getting, uh, you know, I'm getting comfortable. I get to know people. People are knowing me. They know I'm not just trying to take their money, you know. Right. And, uh, you know, it's tough. I've had I've had other rod companies leave bad reviews, and then I found out it was another rod company, and it's, it, it's tough. It's a tough business, so that's, tough to get into. That's interesting, so, yeah. And that's, that's kind of yeah. sad. I mean, you know what? Things should stand it on is, its yeah. its own merit. Um, yeah. Then I, talk to me about how involved are you in the rod building process? Like, is this something that, I mean, are you making these rods? Have you got somebody else doing this? So I am not, I am not making these rods. Okay. I, I am involved in every single bit of it. It's my design. It's everything I want on there. Um, I just, I don't completely do it. Part done by somebody else. And then I do the, marketing everything else um how did you talk to me about other parts of your business as far as you know designing the website um like like all this stuff um when you get going any business but there's so much to to do right especially when it's a newer business or are you happy with where the website's at right now or is there something you're always continually tweaking i am yeah oh i'm always always tweaking always adding something or taking it off you know, yeah, it's uh, it's not easy, you know, especially when I only had two rods to try to make my website look professional when, when 90% of the rod companies, they got eight plus different rod sizes, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm just grateful some people found it, you know, in their hearts to give me a chance, you know what I'm saying? So, it, yeah, it was, uh, I'm always fixing something or doing something. Never quite happy with it. I'm sure there's something I'll be doing with it tomorrow. I'm sure I'll figure it out. But um, 
I'm, I'm somewhat happy with it right now. I'm, my my wife does a lot of the photography, so I mean it's it's kind of two man show. You know, we've been doing all of this, and luckily she does. She knows how to take pictures because I take terrible pictures. <laughs> hey, we, and, uh, as long as you can catch the fish with them. Hey, exactly. <laughs> what what would you say? Something I find fascinating to uh, rod company startups is obviously the nine weight, or sorry, the nine foot five weight is kind of the benchmark. So it makes sense to start there. But um, have you really had to hone in? Okay, what where is my niche market, or what 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 weight rods, what length rods? Because I mean, like you say, these bigger companies they've got them in every length and every. So you really have to. You know, especially when you're sitting on inventory and you're trying to keep your, your business, you're trying to make it make sense. You don't want to have 100,000 rods sitting in the back 40. Um, talk to me oh, about I, that. absolutely. How did you weed that process? You know, I don't even know. I think I just got lucky by starting with two rods. I mean, it's been, I, I had to dump a lot in advertising before I started getting anything back. So, I mean, if I were to kind of start over, I'd probably... You know, at this point, I, I refinanced my house, took some money out to get a lot more rod sizes and get everything going and stuff like that. Um, I, I probably should have just started that from the beginning and done that, you know, because I get, I get so many people asking about different rod sizes and everybody's different. It's a, it's amazing how many different styles of, of fly fishing there is and that you could get into, you know, to, you get a spin rod. I mean, there's, river and lake you know there's not too much extra i mean you go into the like, bobber and bass fish and maybe you get a bait cast or something like that but with with fly rods it's so much different i mean you mm-hmm. could go river you could go indicator you go euro you could go yeah. the eight foot i mean they got salmon they, now they got the two hander hander rods the switch and spay exactly. rods i mean a lot of people are getting really into that and i'm i'm kind of getting into that now too and yeah it's kind of uh it's amazing how many different kinds there are and it's it's that's kind of what makes it tough there's not like you can buy three different rods and and really kind of start yeah. i just kind of got lucky and just stuck with it and yeah so I'm a little stubborn in my ways you, you must be uh doing something right with your advertising because your rod company is all over uh, wherever I'm at on social media. So, um, what would you, what would you tell somebody that's starting out, not necessarily a rod company, but in the fly fishing industry in general, getting noticed in advertising? Could you shed some light on that? As somebody that sells for a living, I think you probably have a pretty good handle on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I started most of this off Facebook. So, you know, Facebook, super powerful, you know, um, that's one of the best things to start with. Um, I'm just kind of getting into Google, but I learned all of this off of basically taking classes. There is a lot to learn. It is an extremely complicated thing to kind of learn. And they have people you can target. They got different types of campaigns. They got sales campaigns. They got retargeting camp. I mean, they're the, the, it's, it's endless. <laughs> well, so, this, this you know, I'm something... still learning. I, I still don't know what I'm doing. So I, <laughs> uh, I think you're being humble there, but I, I say that because I, I look at advertising all the time. Like even for this podcast, I think, well, you know, and I've done Facebook ads and, uh, you know, social media ads, but I often think, you know, what if I just really splurged and did one, 
nice layout in a real well-known fly fishing publication magazine. And, and, and would that, like, you know what I mean? It's hard to know where to target your dollars. Oh, it's, it's extremely hard. And, you know, even on, on social media, the average, the average person needs to look at an ad, an average, average of seven times, six or seven times before they'll make a purchase if they're even in the in the right purchase and then you don't know if you're targeting the right people at that point so that's i mean there's there's so much that goes into it and yeah it, i don't know i don't know where to put i i really like facebook i like google um yeah i'm trying to get in some of the magazines and stuff i hope if i just keep being a good person yeah I think you know, running run my business right, I'll, I'll get it the right way, you know. The, so. I know a lot of the startups that I see doing really well, they'll pick some ambassadors that they think are aligned with what they're trying to do, and they're not paying them a lot. They may get some equipment or whatever, but, but they're getting the rods in the hands of people that are out there. You know, they're out there on the river every day, whether it's that uh, guide or that... Um, you know, that, that avid fly fisher, fly tire. I always think that's it. And then if you, if you, I, I always think if you got like somebody maybe, and you're a younger guy, so you're probably a heck of a lot more computer literate than I am. But, um, I always think, you know, if you get somebody in their twenties or, um, that really knows the social media and you can kind of take that off your plate and just say, Hey, just, just do that. Um, life might be pretty good. Absolutely. If I, you know, if I were to do things a little bit different, I probably would have done a little bit more of that. You know, I'm lucky enough to where all of the cool people that bought rods from me are kind of post them online. And a lot of them are putting them on Facebook and helping me out and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of that social proof really helps, you know, they see that they're not the first one to buy the rod and give the, give the company a chance, you know, even though I sold quite a bit and everybody's pretty happy, you know, it's nobody knows, you know, so until you're, as big as Orvis or something like that, you know, it's, yeah. it's, uh, I get what you're yeah. saying, but I, I always, I'm always, I'm, let's put it this way. I'm always super loyal to small companies. I, there's something for me that's real about it. And, and trust me, I have the big rod company fly rods, but I think there's always something kind of special when there's, you're dealing, you're talking to the owner. Like I remember when I bought my first, uh, Skadden boat, I actually phoned, uh, Dave up and I didn't expect he'd answer the phone and he's sitting there telling me about his boats and hey try this try that did you ever think of this I'm just like that's pretty cool this guy is is famous for making these boats and you're actually talking to him and I think you know there's something about a smaller scale um, that for me is always it's it's an old school mentality but I really there's something about it I really like right yeah same here same here I mean if you write me on Facebook or message me on the website, it's it's not a company representative you're talking to. You know, it's me. Yeah. So, it's yeah, no, I talk to everybody. I try to give quick answers back. Sometimes it's a little tougher, but um, depending on what I got going on. But, yeah, no, I completely agree. It's all about how you put, yeah, all about how you handle yourself and who you're talking to. And, you know, if you're talking to your guy, I love people. So, yeah. I mean, I love talking to people no matter where it is, you know, so. Yeah, good stuff. Um, Talk to me about, I'm going to ask you to put your artist hat on for a second, Tony. If you had to kind of describe your perfect day on the river, whether it's the Truckee or, or whether it's Pyramid Lake, walk me through your perfect day. When does it start? What kind of rod are you throwing? What kind of fish are you chasing? 
first thing in the morning, Truckee River, got my music playing with my uh, my earphones in, uh, Euro Nymphing with my three-weight three 10-foot, a couple probably a bread again and a Frenchie dropper maybe, and that's it. Right at the bottom of a really good run, and that's my happy place. That's where I want to be. Is there a Absolutely. cup of coffee involved in this bright and early or what? Absolutely. I got a, I got a little, uh, what is it? Uh, I got a waste pack with a, with a cup holder just so I can put my coffee in there. <laughs> <laughs> what about the end of the day? Is it, uh, is it scotch, glass of wine? Is it uh, fi- a campfire? You know, I, I could see a campfire. I quit drinking. I, I like to party. I mentioned the, uh, <laughs> now rose a little bit. I like to party a little bit too much, so right. <laughs> I quit drinking. Uh, shoot, what is it, about thirteen years ago? So yeah. it's been a while since I've taken a drink there. So what's your beverage but, of choice uh, then? No, uh, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> drink that any bit I can. I'll drink a cup of coffee and go right to sleep. So no way. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I could do that. I, I I love coffee, but I'm only good for two cups. Otherwise, I'm bouncing off the walls. I find if I have a cup of coffee after like noon, I don't sleep. Let alone, geez, you're lucky, man. That's uh, <laughs> good stuff. Um, is there something, Tony, in the world of fly fishing you think we could be doing a little better at? Or is there anything you'd maybe like to see changed? I know that's kind of a big question, but. You know, to fly fishers, it's always changing by itself. You know, it's always going one way or another, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to control it, mm-hmm. you know, yep. just trying to figure out where the fish are so I can catch them. That's, I mean, that's the only thing that I, that's what makes this thing great. That's what makes fly fishing great is, you know, you, you can always, change something or do something different and you got a little bit of an edge maybe that maybe they're just not eating that day i don't know but um it's a challenge it's not just getting out there and some people are really good at fishing i'm sure and they catch one every time they go i don't i this summer since i got the year on i i pretty much caught one every time i went out except for the last two times but um yeah that i don't don't know you know i i don't think we need to rewrite the book but yeah. This uh, that's honest. The spay and switch gas ends a little bit different. I don't know how long that's been around, but kind of cool and new. But um, yeah, and I don't know how long Euro Nymphin's been around, but I'm really into that right now. That seems to be doing the trick for me. So. Well, think about that when yeah. you first started. I mean, depending on where you're at in the world, but when you first started fly fishing, nobody was Euro Nymphing, at least not where I'm at. See, yeah, I, not me neither. I, it was always the little bobber and the. And the thing, and the uh, yeah. pheasant tail on the bottom, maybe a dropper yeah. or something like that, and and on the river, and that was pretty much it. Cast, men, all that stuff, you know. And uh, now it's a little different. It's always changing, you know. It's always somebody finds something that's the next best thing, and they're tricking the fish. You know, yeah. I, I just want to know that trick. <laughs> We're chatting tonight with Anthony Sailing out of uh, Sparks, Nevada. He owns the Outlaw Rod Company. Check him out. Um, very reasonably priced rods in, 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 in the 200 to $300 range. Two, two and a quarter to two eighty, two ninety. dollars uh, Lifetime warranty and some pretty darn nice components. And uh, talk to me um, a little bit about the rest of your business. So I know you've got more than rods. You've got some, uh, you've got hats and, and whatnot. Um, 
what else do you have on your website if somebody visits your uh, your dot com? So right now I got hats. Um, I got one shirt, one shirt mode right now. Uh, most the main thing is the rods. Um, I kind of like to keep it that way. I am in the talks with uh, a real producer right now to try to get them. I, I'm pretty sure I will be uh, doing business with them. I don't, don't want to open it up too much. I may not be, but um, I think we're pretty close to closing things up. And I will have my own fly line coming out too. So um, cool. probably in the near future, next two to three months or something, I think I'm just going to stick to rods, reels, and fly line though. And uh, you know, just kind of keep it to that. I'll probably get some different apparel and stuff like that. Um, I'm definitely better with the rods than I am the the hat designs and stuff like that. But um, I try. You so. know, I think that's the secret though to a lot of businesses' success: do something and do it right. Like whatever Absolutely. it is, you know what I mean. You can spread yourself so thin; it's like, what what are we doing here? But I think if you specialize, I mean, it makes sense. You started the business basically with a nine foot five weight nine foot six weight and and by the way i love the six weight myself and i'll tell you i'll tell you why i prefer six weight is the anytime the wind kicks up you know i find that that just that little bit extra leverage really helps i agree that's why you know that's why i started with the six weight because that's my favorite i started with the six weight because i i like the six weight yeah and uh come to find out a lot of people like the five weights but you know that's okay to each his own you know yeah, no, for sure. Um, well, what about when you're fishing a lake like Pyramid? I mean, you you don't want to be fishing. Definitely five weights. Yeah, five weights not not enough typically. I mean, there's a lot of guys that use indicators out there, and they'll strip a midge, and I mean, they'll do they'll do all sorts of stuff. So that would probably be the place for the five weight. I don't think I'd ever take a three weight out there. But um, you get out there, much, you know, Tony? typically. I do, yeah. They kind of raise the rates here, so they're gonna break my bank account. But um, yeah, I get out, I get out out there as much as I can. They, what, what does it cost? Yeah, it is twenty four bucks a day now. Okay. Um, it used to be like twelve, and they offered a season pass. Hopefully, they get back into the season pass thing because uh, they're taking all my money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's worth it. I mean, some of the fish that are caught out of there, they're huge. I mean, yeah. they're just, it's, they got the Lahan cutthroat in there that just, for some reason, it's the alkaline lake, actually. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of salt water. And they, for some reason, they just, they just grow monsters in there for some reason. But that's, yeah. that's kind of where I, where I'm at is still water and then big fish and same thing. Uh, high pH waters that's just usually nitrogen rich and those fish just grow like stink. But are you, fish, do, yeah. are you fishing pyramid off a ladder or are you just fishing off the shore? How are you fishing it? It depends. Yeah, it depends on which beach I go to, but I have a ladder. I actually have my grandpa's old ladder, so we've all been going there for a long time. But, um, yeah, I got my my ladder. I climb right up there, sit on top. Um, it's kind of a custom-made ladder. I just had it. It's got some rust in it now, so, so uh, I just had to have it fixed, actually. But, yeah, typically you're, you're casting out there. You get on that shelf. Looking for the shelf to get over there. That's typically where the uh, fish are kind of swimming around, and I know for the best stripping it back in. Typically, it's woolly buggers and beetles. Yeah, um, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, I was curious if you're fishing like balanced leeches or chronomids or what you're fishing there. Not really. I see guys with indicators out there doing the chronomids and stuff like balanced leeches and stuff like that. I 
me and everybody I know, it's typically stripping and stripping uh, woolly buggers and a beetle dropper, typically. What, col- Sometimes what color? Sometimes I'll switch it up. What color uh, woolly bugger? Lately, olive. But um, that's it's just like anywhere else. It it changes. You know, midnight cowboys and and black and shiny purple. They they do good typically, and. You know, different color beetles. I, I lead a white beetle typically, but sometimes I got green, brown. I got all the stuff in my fly tying box. And I tie every night while I'm putting my kid to sleep. And yeah, so I'm, I stay stocked up. <laughs> I what is what does fly tying bring to your world? Oh, I love fly tying. You know, it's there's nothing like catching a catching a fish on something you tied. You know, you brought it full circle, mm-hmm. started it, ended it. You know caught the fish you tricked it you know that's that's part of the the battle and part of the 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 toughness of this of fly fishing is getting yourself out there and knowing what's out there finding the right place to catch the fish knowing what they're eating on i mean there's so many variables that you know it's just constantly changing sometimes you're just hoping for the best (laughs) how many hours a week are you working right now between I just, I have a funny feeling that you're working a long, long day. You have no idea. <laughs> oh, I think I do. I, I can, yeah. So, I, I mean, generally, the, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go. You go. So, generally, the car business, I mean, we work a lot, anyways. Um, it's, I'm working weekends too, and, you know, I got one or two days off typically, you know, and I, I wake up. I got kind of a routine. So I wake up every day um, at 4.45. I deal with my Google, my Facebook, um, everything as far as marketing goes. I, I talk to people. I, I talk to people throughout the day, but um, I, I try to handle everything, most of the stuff in the morning. Um, then I go to the gym, kind of stay healthy there. Then um, I wake up. I have a kind of a split schedule, so it rotates. And... Uh, I fish whenever I have the late shift. <laughs> so if I start at 10, I will go in right before 10. I'll fish for an hour, hour and a half, whenever I can get it in. If it's my day off. Typically my days off are not on weekends, so they're on the weekdays. So that's that's the one good thing. I can fish when everybody's not on the river or on the lake. And, uh, you know, I, 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 whenever I'm not working, I'm fishing pretty much. Unless I got a family thing to do. But. You know what? I could totally relate to you there. You're doing the social media like uh, in in the early morning hours. Everyone else is still sleeping. I know for me, that's that's the only time I can get things done. Because I think when you have a side hustle, it's called a hustle for a reason, right? You you got to bust your butt to keep to keep to keep going. It's I'm always looking for content, somebody to interview, and it it's um it's all encompassing. Absolutely, there's not enough hours in the day, right? Oh, there's not. Uh, it's I could do if I if I had like four more hours a day, I'd be I'd be perfect. <laughs> but you must you must love it though, because I I mean to be to be putting that many hours in on top of your full time gig, you must you must really like it. Oh, I do, I do. I love this. Yeah. You know, I love rods. I love fly fishing. I love people. I mean, I love everything about it. Yeah, good you stuff. Know, so somebody wants to pick up. A outlaw rod, uh, the wanted edition is the one that's out there right now in quite a few different lengths and weights. Um, where do they find you? 
just go to my website or my Facebook. Um, you can find me at um, www.outlawrodco.com. Um, you can go to my Facebook, same thing, just search up Outlaw Rodco. Um, I have an Instagram too, same thing, Outlaw Rodco. You'll find me. Um, we got. I try to put as, as much pictures as possible on there. As, as all my customers, they not all of them, but a lot of them put their pictures on there too. Um, you know, I got my family on there. I got my kid catching fish on the rods. I got everything. So, yeah. There's not many rod companies you can call up directly talk to the owner and he can dial you in tony my friend i wish you a lot of luck with this business i know you're going to do amazingly well at it and uh, keep up the good work and uh have a great uh a great season of tying flies and hopefully uh then wetting those flies uh when things get back to normal here thanks mark i appreciate you having me on the show buddy the fly fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.